to enlighten Rav Yosef Weiner Shlita. right now for working extra hard to reach the Olam and Tarina time Mayor and I talked about the Mahalach, I don't know, six or seven times. So I surprised you at the end. Coming from Muncie, try to stream it from there. And in the middle he's making a chasna, you post the chasna before the chasna, post chasna, mazeltov, mazeltov. Should make many more. At the time of uh, Yishav Adas. I should have a simcha for many, many, many years. And Yeshukayach uh, for, I was hoping we'd have a few people. I knew you would be here, and I figured you'd be here. I made sure that uh, you were here. So, Yeshukayach uh, for, um, for coming. It's easier for two reasons to be here. First of all, you get Mosiat HaShemayim You also get to speak to the people you've been speaking to for the last 20 years, uh, at least some of them, and the rest are listening. And you also don't have your children who are walking around upstairs uh, making noise on the video. So I figured <laughs> this, was, this was safer. So let's begin because there are many things to cover. Uh, people are wondering about the title. Well, the first two parts, you don't have to wonder. Distraction, detachment, and challenge. Okay, that speaks for itself. The interpreting and misinterpreting signs from the heavens is what always needs some hezber. We're not going to answer all the questions and solve all the problems. We're going to hopefully, what we always do, we're going to be some of the things that Megillus Rus and Shvuas, even going back to Pesach and Perm, will be used to guide us and some of the things that are often not noticed. So let's begin with something that I found out recently. It was bothering me for a while. I mentioned it last night for a few minutes and mentioned I would elaborate. There are many challenges in trying to figure out what to do in life. There are confusing facts, misinformation. We are distracted by many things. We're trying to forge forward with a mahalach. And you look at Tanakh, Megillus Rus, and there's some great people who made mistakes based on something that, if you read the Pesukim quickly, which you should never do in Tanakh, you can say, well, Elimelech was a leader, he was an Aska, he was a Gavir, he was a Yachson, but he didn't want to deal with this, he just left. I think that's selling Elimelech very short which you shouldn't do, because Chazal say that him and Machan and Kilim were G'dayu Le'adar. that doesn't mean the biggest God in learning. It means leaders of the generation. Lamaisa, he left and was punished severely. He died. The Raman brings down the Machan and Kilim were punished severely because they left Eitzisol, even though they had a heter. The Raman says, in Malachim, Amidus Chasidus, they shouldn't have left. Perhaps they should have gone back. And the Rambam quotes Machlan Achillian, doesn't say a word about Elimelech, and all the Mepharshim asks, why did he leave Elimelech? The Gemara has all three. And one of the answers is that Elimelech did something that was actually wrong, 
they were just over and I mean it's Hasidus the Ram's trying to bring out they're living here to sell it's not Poshet but Lamelch did something wrong so it's not even that we're going to give an easy answer that on his Madrega it was Amis Hasidus that he violated the Rambam doesn't even bring him into the discussion that means that you have to back up and figure out what he did wrong and had nothing to do with Eretz Yisrael per se so let me explain Eli Melech's forum. I don't want to over explain it because it was wrong but Bukhari, if you'd ask him there's a famine going on and all of Klai is hungry some of this is going to sound eerily familiar the economy is completely broken there's no food nobody has any panasa and he's one of the few gvirim that could help out now so if you ask him uh, Rebbe Lemelech why are you leaving a sir like this at a time like this so I thought about it, I feel very bad, but it says in the Gemara, even though it's a later Takana, but it's Pashas that didn't erase in the first place, you're not going to give more than a Chaimish of Yonachasim, even though the Chavaz Chaim has six Heterim, if anybody ever wants any. Six Heterim, people who waste money anyway, and people who are, Baruch Hashem, so wealthy that it's not going to make a dent, then they can give 60% if it won't make a dent, they can give to Torah, that's an investment, Yisachas Vulan, many Heterim. I don't say that facetiously, there are people in a position to do it, there are many Heterim. Elimelech, though, was very smart, and he looked at the matzav and he said, what am I going to do? I'm going to pass an aid bill for a lot of money, let's put a number, $3 trillion. Let's say he had it. But it doesn't have much more than that. And after that, in three months from now, there's still going to be a famine, because Megillah's roof starts, the famine's going on for years already. He says, what am I accomplishing? What am I doing? I'm going to run out of money, so I'm going to be begging afterwards, and I didn't fix the problem. So why not leave with my money? I can't solve it anyway. And you're not supposed to give more than a fifth. A good question. Why was he punished so severely? So before I should point out two things. Number one, it wasn't just about the money. It was about all eyes are on Eli Melech and people like him. And they need a shot in the arm, not just financially. They need to be able to be infused with some enthusiasm. It shouldn't be yish. And he was capable of doing that, and he caused mass yish when he left. That was bigger than the financial issue. Finances have a lot to do with it. But if you don't pick somebody up, or a group of people, or Clay Yisrael when you could, and you have the ability to, to, to and you have the ability to show them that they're in Yanam Amuna, we can make it through, and I'm with you, and he got up and he left, that caused tremendous yish, and that already was... A big problem before we discuss the finances. Legabe, the finances, Lachari had a point. It might be also for him to give so much money, it's not going to solve the problem anyway, it might not make a dent. The answer, many before Hashem say, which is a bit of a chiddish, but a very important one, is that Akash Baruch Hu is running the world every second of the day, every moment, and it's pretty clear that he knows how long the famine is going, and he knows what's going to trigger that it should stop. And the mysterious nefesh of some people might cause it to stop. And by Elimelech giving his money away with mysterious nefesh and watching the account go down, long before he runs out of money, just the mysterious nefesh and starting the process would itself be a schus, quite possibly, to end the famine. So, apparently, we have a situation where. You can't know ahead of time. He's looking for a rem as he looks 
what should be the din of Shulchan Aruch, and that is that you normally don't give more than a fifth, but these weren't normal times. And he left, figuring he was potter. And the facts, if you gloss over them quickly, were there for him to discuss with the Shafit, other Tzmidacham, the Sanhedrin, ask a Shaila, discuss it. It sounds like he didn't because he was so sure of himself that Hashem doesn't want me to spend all my money because then I won't have any, which normally is true. And to his papi and Anav, they're not looking at me, Mani, Miani, there are other people that can encourage them. I'm not accomplishing anything, I'm not doing anything over here, and therefore when there's a matzav of a famine, we've got to leave. That's a sign from the heavens that he didn't take. He didn't realize that a lot of it was up to him. It's never down to one person. Hashem will save Klai Israel anyway. But a lot was up to him, and he didn't rise to the challenge. Mach and Achillian were his children, and the Ramam clearly stays clear of the original decisions as they left. I think the Ramam means they didn't go back. They stayed another 10 years. That's Amiz Chasidis, Chashivas of Eretz Yisrael. Lamaisa Elimelech was the one that caused this tremendous despair in Klai Yisrael, and he had the opportunity to start spending money and spending it down and watching with fear the account is going down, but Akash Baruch Hu might have stepped in long before he was anywhere near a hunger danger level, and because of his mysterious never stopped it. That speaks volumes to all of us, everybody. Hopefully, we don't wish you be in a position to be mechazic people that you can always do. And in a position to help, many people are. And the people that are taking, it's temporary, hopefully, and they will be able to turn around and help people in turn. And question I've been hearing over and over and over again in the past two months, besides all the other questions in Arba Chalkei Shulchanar that have been turned on their head, Baruch Hashem, it's a big schlusser chai, so everybody's asking, and they want to know, how do we do this in normal times, this is the way it's done, what do we do? And those are all accurate questions that Baruch Hashem people are asking. But within the Bahala, which we'll go back to, and in the fear, many people want to know, well, why isn't the decision-making process clear? A fair question. The answer, I believe historically, is that there was never clear, any big decision, the Sutton and the Yitzhahara is going to try to make it fuzzy, make it cloudy. And let me go back to the very first debacle in Klai Israel. We're coming to Shavuos. So they had Kabbalah Satera. Mordechai, you are here. I just realized. You're wearing a mask. Shalom Aleichem. Uh, thank you for coming. Kabbalah Satera, Nasev and Ishma. Incredible Madrega. Klai Israel got crowns. We're reaping the benefit of that decision, Nasev and Ishma. Meshav says, I'm going up now to receive the rest of the Torah. I'll be back, and he tells them to be back on some of the sixth hour of the day, count to 40, simple thing to do. And the Pasuk says, Klaisel saw ki b'shesh Moshe. Shesh means he's late, but b'shesh, the sixth hour came, and he wasn't there. And Klaisal started getting very nervous. What's going to be? We can't be alone. We need an intermediary that administrates for Avodah even though it had a din of Avodah Zarah. All right, they go to Aaron and they want a holy person to do the Avodah, Lahavdil. 
And before we get into the speed that things went wrong, we'll get to that later, I just want to share one question I was thinking about, and that is that the Gemara Shabbos, as it describes the scenario, says the Sutton made it very dark and cloudy, and there was probably started raining and all sorts of kailis abrakim, and they were very nervous as it was, and Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't here, and all of a sudden the world looked like it was coming to an end. And then he did something which, if you'd ask me, sounds like it's cheating. He showed them a picture of Moshe Rabbeinu's body. They were really nervous, maybe he died, and he showed them proof positive that he died. Have you ever stopped to think, why is that mutter? The Sutton has to play by rules also. That sounds like foul play to me. Sutton wants to give us a uh, natural Yetzirah, and we have uh, issues with Midas and Kinnah and Taiva. Okay, that comes with the program. To show Exhibit A, you think Moshe Rabbeinu might be gone? Well, here's his body. And when they saw that, the naysayers took over in the air of Rav, and they went straight to the Chet Egel. Why was he given Rishus to do that? So, why should that be mutter? So I saw the Ian Yaakov sort of addresses the Shiloh. Doesn't ask it this way, but he's certainly giving us the answer. And the answer is uh, pretty daunting. And Yaakov says that Shekha and Laraglayim, and he showed them Moshe Rabbeinu's body because when Moshe Rabbeinu is an Arsina, he didn't eat, he didn't drink, he didn't sleep, and he was more Moloch than human being. And whatever the logistics were, the Neshama was functioning separate from the body, and he was able to show them the apparition of the body because he's like out of his body. So it was somewhat of a real picture. Why do I delve into Inyane Kabbalah we know nothing about? The answer is this is extremely nagaya to us because every serious Nisayan we have in life, the daily ones, certainly a matzav like this, the Sutton is given more ammunition than we think. He can't tell an outright lie, but he can make it look so confusing that if you're not really holding on and you're not Shailetza and you're not getting your is out of the way, there's going to be a big issue. It's not insurmountable. Levium ignored it. How did they ignore it? Moshe Ben's body. So Levium figured out that, you know, Moshe Ben was up there. He didn't take anything with him. He's not eating. He's not drinking. And it's Kabbalah Satar. They probably figured out this in Yaakov that maybe that's just in Shemayim, the apparition that he shed during his sojourn there. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. But you know, we don't have to know all the Tayyarism. That's Nazim and Ishma. But if you're going to do something based on information, then you've got to ask some serious Shailiz, and you've got to ask like you want to know the answer. You can't go to Aaron and say, I'm going to give you two choices now. Either we make a Chet or we don't include you in it, and you're not going to be here anymore. That's a nice way of doing it, like what they did to Hur. That's not a way to ask a Shaila. Ask a Shaila, do you think it's a good idea? And Aaron would have said, no, not really. I'm actually trying to stall. And um, better we wait for tomorrow. Maybe you miscalculated. But the Shaila was never asked in an honest way. So they didn't get an honest answer. Aaron was not trying to save his life. So it went to be Mesa Nefesh. But as Chazal tell us, he didn't want them to have the aver of killing a Navi, a Kayan. He saw what they did to Hur, And he figured this is better for Klai Yisrael. Lamaisa, we see from here that, yes, the bigger the Nisayan, often the fuzzier and the hazier is going to be.
Mayor Shapiro is a very famous Taich in the Posik when Abram Avinu was told, Habet na Hashemaimas, Farakah Chavim, Imtuchal Lisper, Aisam. So we used to think it was a mashal, allegorically, Kaisal is going to be so numerous, it's like you're looking at the stars, you can't count them. Or Mayor Shapiro is famous that having said, as he also pushed out in the Pusik, he was given a tzivoy. Look up and start counting. And Abba Vinu, being Abba Vinu, looked up and started counting. One, two, three, four, five. And at some early stage, in Tuchel Lisperos, um, you can stop now, it's impossible. And that's how numerous clays will be. So why did Hashem tell Abba Vinu to start? The answer is, whatever the tzivoy is, usually any big accomplishment, often all the small things we try to do, look very daunting and often insurmountable when we start. It's not a patur. Nasim nishma means you have to start, you have to try. Anything in Tayyag Mitzvahs is nagayat to everybody from Chai Yisrael. Not talking chumras, not talking means chasidus. The scenarios that present themselves often make it difficult, sometimes impossible, and if that's the case, then that's a psaq, and if it's not the case, then... Mesiris Nefesh is involved. Did Elimelech know the din? Yes, a 50 or assets, and that's it. Barring the Heterim, he didn't think he had any Heterim. And what's Asr is Asr, and HaKosh Baruch Hu was expecting something else. In terms of the Bela Melchavero, of what you're doing to affect in a negative way other people, and what you're not doing in Mesiris Nefesh that could cancel a Gzeira Ra. Similar example, once you know this, you side, so everything makes sense. The famous conversation going back to Esther Amalka. So she said something that made a lot of sense. Mordechai said, go in and beg for Klai Yisrael. And she said, I'd be happy to go in. I'm going to do it. But let's do something which makes sense. The facts on the ground are, have been called for 30 days. And that's a long time already. And chances are, any hour now, any day now, I'm going to be called. As it is, when I make the request, he might get angry. If I come uninvited, usually he gets so angry he kills people unless he happens to, Bederach Neis, put forth his scepter. And that really hasn't happened too much in Paris and Modai. So if I'm trying to accomplish something and get in a word edgewise, why should I go and get him angry? He's going to call me anyway. And the Xavier is not for another 11 months. So what's the problem? I don't think anyone... I mean, anyone. You ask somebody, it's hard to dress that up as a story because people will catch on, but try to take a poll and say, if you have something looming 11 months from now and the only senator you could speak to has a pretty bad temper, but he might help you, he might not, and he probably won't, but you've got to try, but it's not a gay for another 11 months, and it's only by appointment. He'll give you an appointment in a week. Should you barge into his office now? Hello, anybody? <laughs> What's the shy? What's the shy? So Esther didn't understand. So I don't understand. So I'm in the government. I know what goes on around here. The guy's a kook. He's crazy. He has a rotten temper, and life doesn't mean anything. Wh- what are we doing? A good kasha. And you know what? We don't have a good answer except for this mahalo. And that is, Mordechai said, you got to go in anyway. Going in later might not work anyway. I'm adding that, because in terms of a shtadlis, there has to be some level of a shtadlis that makes some sense so the answer is, it's not like if you go in a week and he calls you in, it's going to be what we would say in the vernacular, slam dunk. He's probably going to ignore you anyway. Haraya, the first time she made her little party, he said, whatever you want, my dear wife, just don't bring up anything about the Jews or the base of Mikdash. So 
Mordechai says, it's not like we're dealing with somebody who's friendly. So then the chance is when you go in at a better time and he invites you is 5%. So now the chance is 2%, 1%. Klai Yisrael needs Mesiris Nefesh now. And they need it now because Hashem wants to see if you're willing to sacrifice, if they're willing to fast, if they're willing to send you in. It's a pella. This, this is, I hold, the, the most important point of the Megillah, of the whole story, and the biggest Kiddush. Because we all know the conversation. She said, why should I go? And Mordechai got upset. He said, don't think you're going to escape. And she didn't ask. She didn't say she didn't want to go in. She just said, it doesn't make sense. It's 12 months away, 11 months away. And another few days, I'm going to call it, never went more than 30 days, my audience. So why should I get him angrier? What's the answer? We don't really have an answer. The answer is, not too great of a chance it's going to happen later. This is even less, I agree, but you have to show him a serious nefesh. The pebble. Don't run with that to the bank. That means you have to at least ask a shayla or understand what the parameters might be and where that mysterious nefesh should be displayed in conjunction with the shtadlis on our madrega. But it's a very, very important point. And her going in made as much sense as it did to Abmavinu to start counting the stars. Abmavinu knew full well that he's never going to get done when he started. Didn't ask any questions. He's Abmavinu. He said, count the stars? Okay. If I'll be here till the day I'm not here anymore. So I counted one one millionth of them. But Hashem gave it sivu. He threw himself into it. Another example also from after Perm. Baruch Hashem, I don't know exactly who he was, but many of us would say it was Esther Malka's son. And he gave the final go-ahead to continue the Binyan Abayas. Who was the original one who gave the first go-ahead before we stopped? Stop work order and didn't continue through the entire story of Perm. We know it was Kairish. Kairish started off as a Melech who really knew what was going on. And he said, I know that Navi said after 70 years we're going to build and you're going to get permission from the Umas Elam and I'm the emperor and it's me. And you can go back. Very magnanimous offer. He told them they can go back. You can build. I'll give you supplies. I'll give you money. He did all that. He encouraged the Gaisha neighbors to go. So, oops, look him. The Farish and The Gemara Megillah on Yalafan Bez. Amakash Baruchu. Yud Bez Manalaf. Amakash Baruchu. Kaibalani Lachal Kairish. Kash Baruchu said he had a Tainan Kairish. You look at the Pesukim. He did better than any other emperor. What's the Tainan? He gave full assurance. He understood the Nevoa was about him. He encouraged them. He helped them financially. What was the taina? Ani amati hu yivne beisi v'kabez gliosai. He was supposed to do the job in its entirety with mysterious nefesh, not just say, I'll give you a little money, I'll encourage the neighbors. That wasn't government money. Only it was the masses. And allow them free passage and allow them the right to build it. He was supposed to encourage it, almost enforce it, that everybody should go. He sort of allowed the project, but didn't get behind it. And he lost most of what he could have gained with the shlichus, the pella. He's the only akum we know. It wasn't akum, it wasn't If he was, it was just the minig in that particular country or that society. But he believed in Hashem. He said, this navu applies to me. And he indeed helped them to a degree. And the Gemara says that Akash Baruch had a serious taina. I told him he should encourage it and get everybody out of goals and go back. And he made an announcement, a generic announcement. Whoever wants to go can go. 
we would think that's fabulous if they're prisoners and above all, now the emperor says, wasn't good enough. Another Lahavdil Eli Melech moment. Eli Melech was far greater, but the same idea. He helped, he helped when he was there. He said, I can't do anymore, it's, the bank account's going down. I don't really make too much of a difference. And therefore I'm letting them know, whoever wants to take over. I gave certain adovas, I'm sure he left something there for the Gabba to give out, and I'll be back in a few years. Kosh Baruch Hu says, that's not why I gave you the money, the prestige, the yichus. It's not why you have all your talents and all your assets. And he said the same thing to Kerish, and he said the same thing to many, many people who were given a tremendous yat to do great things, and they did good things, but fell short, either because of false anivus, or because the Yitzhahara managed to cloud it into making it look like it's not a mitzvah, it might be an avera, and too much money, and maybe that's not what we're supposed to be doing, and Chua Beroid didn't ask the people they were supposed to be asking Shailas, Kairish had Gedolim he had access to. I'll go, you asking a year to Shaila, the answer is, yeah, it's not going to Klaisa, you're going to ask, uh, what did Hashem mean with the Zavuah? I think I'm the man. He said the Pesach, I'm the man. Ezra recorded it. He said, you're the man, you're the man, not to give for shorts, you're the man to push from behind and keep pushing till everybody's back in Eitz role. And you didn't do that. This is inspiring and scary at the same time. It's inspiring how much people are given to do Avedis Hashem. Whether you're wealthy, you're not wealthy, people are sad, I don't have a good head, they have a head for what they want to have a head for, they have money for what they want to have money for, and if they don't have money, no one's asking them to support a project, they're asking them to get involved themselves, to be excited about it, to get others excited, and all these things, Purim, Abba Mavhinu, to Purim, to Shavuos, to Megillah's Rus, are all about people who didn't get excited enough and didn't take their responsibility serious enough. Rav Dessler drives home this point in a very interesting, also a very famous kasha. We know that the Isha Shnamis was um, very, very hospitable, and Alicia has come to the house, and she had a special room for him, and she was very close to the daily Yisrael, to the Gadol Adar, Alicia. And it happens to be that um, she was Isha Sovadjo, Vajjo Novi was of terror of Parshas Vayishlach is the whole of Adja. And I remember that very clearly. You don't have to look in the Chumash. It was by my Parsha. My father said, not only are you learning, but you're also learning the Avtara out of a cloth. And he says, you're going to read the whole of Adja. So if I wasn't nervous enough, so he told me afterwards, it's not so long. It's one period. But he had a Navua about uh, what's going to be with Esau, because he was a gear from Esau, from Edom. And he was a chief of staff of Achav's palace. He's a ger tzedek, an unusual tzaddik, fearless man to be chief of staff in Achav's house. It's a very difficult job. So Achav was married to Izevel, and she didn't like him from the get-go. She had killed everybody else who even resembled him, left him alone because he was supposed to be the chief of staff. And Achav um, felt if you have one tzaddik around, you'll have Mosiat the Shemaya. Achav was very mixed up, but that's a different shmuz. He, he understood, he didn't understand, he believed, didn't believe, and... One of the most complicated characters in uh, Tanakh. Lamaisa, as Izevel was killing all the Nevi'im and all the Chachamim, he hid 50 in one cave, 50 in the other, and in a time of famine, fed them. And interestingly enough, these are all 
the same theme. He didn't have, he was getting paid a very nice salary, but he didn't have enough money to support 100 Nevi'im in two caves for more than a few months. So first he filed for this, and he filed for that, and he had all the programs, and Achav had programs, by the way. He, part of his chusim was the fact that he supported the Milcham, and people asked me, Achav supported the Milcham? What's Shat Mechazal? When it came to Donovan Shemayim, he was half and half as chusim and, and Averis. He did Avodazar and Zchete Machtis Arabim, that's well known, mostly due to his evil, but uh, he did plenty by himself. And then he was Machsik Terah. What does that mean? So I believe he wasn't Machsik Terah. He didn't go over to the Rosh Kail and say, here, have some money. I love the fact that you guys are learning. He was He was a very generous person. He was very wealthy. He was the most powerful person in the world. He was the emperor of the world, basically. And he had money just spilling out of his pocket. And to be well-liked as a king, he was the Ayid, and he had certain positive attributes. And he supported anybody who needed money. So he was constantly giving money to poor people and to Milchamim, got from the government budgets. Lamaisa was his chus, even though he wasn't aiming for them. So he understood that, uh, yeah, some of his advisors probably complained, you know, you're giving to those parasites, as the communists would always say. And he said, yeah, they're, they're a part of the program. I can't be mechalic. Really deep down, he understood he needs some schusim, and that's why he kept Avadja there. Well, the programs ran out, Nebuch, and Avadja had to start taking money out of his own pocket. Money he had, and then it went down, 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 down. And Baruch Hashem, unlike what happened at the end with Elimelech, he kept spending and spending it because he realized the last hundred of in Kla Yisrael and the fifth ceiling doesn't apply here. And he kept spending, spending, then he ran out of money. What do you do now? Then he started borrowing money, which you should never do unless you ask a shayla. But to support the last hundred of in Kla Yisrael, he felt this is the Rasha. Not only did he borrow money, he started borrowing money with ribbis from loan sharks. The loan shark happened to be the prince, Acha's son. No mercy. And he kept borrowing and borrowing and borrowing, and then, um, last a long time, he died. And in the ancient world, Nebuch, this is happening in Klai Yisrael, um, the time of Achav, they came to get the money back, because it was due, and she had not a penny to her name. And she said, okay, we're taking the kids. The first Shem say, by the way, this is even more nefarious than it sounds. Taking the kids, how horrible. That was in debtor's prison, either you sit in jail, or we take the kids, we sell them as slaves, or we take them as as uh, servants in our house. And he said, we're taking them to the palace. But he said, don't, we're taking them to the palace, a much better place than your house. There's poverty here, and you got nothing to eat. We're going to take them to the palace, and we're fine. We're going to have our children who are probably very gifted. And we're going to have them, don't worry about a thing. And that was terrifying, because she understood this is not a question of taking the house to have something to eat. They take them to the house to indoctrinate them with Abu Zarah, and uh, they're going off the dera. So she came crying to Alicia, I have no money, and they're coming to take my kids and they're taking them, and I'm never going to see them again. And Ruchnius or in Gashmius. And we know that Alicia told her, you have any pots and pans? She says, yeah, they're all empty. So just whatever you have, and borrow some from the neighbors, and you have a little jug of oil, and start pouring, and keep pouring and pouring and pouring. And uh, I was telling uh, one of my grandchildren the story once. He said, wow, that's amazing, just like Baba Sali. I said, I think Baba Sali got it from here. Um, <laughs> It happened, but kept pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring, and it filled up. So far, so good. So one powerful lesson already, he borrowed Beribis, Sakanas Lafoshes to the Nevi'im, had no choice, and he gave away money he didn't have, and he did it because he felt, this is what Hashem wants of me, and he was right. Ask a Shaila before you ever get Zamatzav, because there are times where that's usher. She fills up all the Kalim, and then... They're all full, and she runs out of Kalim, and it stops. 
the following is straight from the Pasuk. She comes to Elisha and she says, uh, Rebbe, it stopped now, filled up a lot. I have a lot of shaman over here. What should I do with it? So all of said, what kind of question is that? What should you do with it? It's not for frying latkes. And uh, you don't really eat the stuff in such quantity. What does she think she should do with it? Well, oil was a commodity. She filled it up. She now has $6 million of a commodity. She owes $5.5 million. Pay off your debts and uh, live happily ever after. What, what was the shayla? That doesn't She was a very lady with a lot of schusen, apparently. What was the shayla? So Desla says she understood, and this is our yesod. Kosh Baruch Hu gives you things, and everybody here in the room, and everybody listening, we've been given a lot by Kosh Baruch Hu. And our sweet gullus, which despite what's going on, is not a war, very rough. Leoleno, tragedy, not a war, we have what to eat. And the government is giving their programs, and hopefully we will hang on. But no one's coming to get us, and there's no war. Lamaisa. She understood that she was almost in grave sakana of losing all the future deris. That's worse than a global war. That's a shayla of sakana stafasha. She's going to starve to death and she's going to lose her kids in Ruknius. And Hashem gave her a tremendous bracha, a nice nigla. She poured and poured and poured. And now she has kalim with shaman. She has an asset. And she understood the following aside that when you're given talents and kalim and chokhmah and assets or any combination of the above, it's a vital pikadun which you can't squander and it's not up to you on where to spend it and where to give your time and where to apply it. You have to ask a shayla, this doesn't belong to you. It's almost like mila b'kachim or saying yad l'pikadun. This is somebody else's pikadun. Coach Baruch gave it to you and you're entrusted with it. So she came and she says, I understand I was in debt and this to help me out. What should I do? Is this to help me out now, later? Should I wait just financially? Should I wait till it goes up? Should I wait till it goes down? But why would you ask? You have a problem right now. So take care of it right now. The answer is maybe yes, maybe not. But this is a gift of Shemayim and I have to find out what should I do with my gifts. And we can go through life giving some thought to the monetary decisions, okay, how much money do we have, how much stock that we give thought to, but there are halachas about these things, there are different kufas which need more, which need less, there are different kufas that require more mesiris nefesh, and require different acts of chesed, there are things that come up on a daily basis, especially in a kufa like this, where we're asked to do unusual things in our Vedas Hashem, in our Beram Lechaver, which is also our Vedas Hashem, it's uncharted territory, and some people are getting the idea that they have to ask Rachel Katana, even though they would have thought it was obvious. It's not just for now. The lesson over here is, goes retroactive to everything we've been doing, and more importantly, for the future. Every single thing we have, every moment we have, every moment we're breathing, every moment we're able to go somewhere and do something, and we're able to use our money and our personalities and our chachmas to grow in our Vedas Hashem and to help others and encourage others and not cause Yish and not cause Bahala, we're mechuyiv to sit and think and get Eitzes and get Adrocha, how to spend it.
And people think it's only when, okay, this I hear, she just got $6 million worth of shaman. What did she do? This is just Magala that she was living her life in a way. And so it was Avadja. I have to figure out what to do in every single matzav. And I might have to do unusual things like spending money I don't have or spending down my money, which I'm normally not mechuyiv to do. Chavetz Chaim, speaking of an unusual psak, Chavetz Chaim didn't think it was unusual. I said this so recently in Drosh, I came across the letter, never seen it before, it's not well known. It's in the uh, Kisve Chavetz Chaim, they have leaked of letters. And he says he's penning a letter to Klai Yisrael because he's given this answer in the recent Tkufa, talking about the Tkufa he was in, you'll see in a moment what he's talking about, to so many people who are asking, and it's so important, and it's so heart-rending, and people are going to do it wrong, he's putting it in writing to disseminate it so people should know it's a shy love, as most people, he said, aren't asking. And the answer is difficult, but this is the answer. So he writes the shy love and the answer. Pity we don't have the time to go through the letter, but what he was referring to, and what he put in print, was the time after the communists took over, and they mandated, they wanted to make a society completely devoid of any religion, any mention of the Ben Islam. And they knew the only way to do it is to start with the young ones. Similar to the Cantonist degrees and the bazaar, take them when they're 10 and they won't know a thing. So they started a public school system and the public school system was on paper, great, we're going to teach you things you never had access to and the math and the sciences and everybody's going to be a doctor and an engineer. Whether that's great or not for everybody, a different story, but they made it that all the poor people can now move up in the ranks and you're mandated by government decree to send your children there from the age of six. And the Chavetz Chaim knew and everybody else knew and if they didn't know they found out very quickly that they were bent on teaching kfira and brainwashing them from day one. And barring the exception one in a thousand there will be nobody left in Klaizel. And the Chavetz Chaim wrote a letter to the parents. There's a machlikis quoted in the Dasakanim Nebuch about the famous uh, kinna we have on Tishabov where there were two Rabbanim in a tower in York and they had killed out the whole city and they were battering down the door and they were there with children and one the two places came there held that they should take the life of the children because otherwise they're going to be taken away to the church and never to be seen again not like here even then during the war it's not a criticism anybody gave them over but there were people who made an effort to try to get them back after the war because at least there was some UN tribunal there was some uh, Din Vidayan in the middle ages Pashtas is they're never going to be seen again he said better they should return than Hashem's pure and the other Rav held no they're not Bar Mitzvah and they're not and Yahar and leave it alone that's Hashem's Psak Shiloh what the Din would be Rahman Laslan Leilani should never come up but many feel the way the Das Cannon brings it down, the other one was screaming, you shouldn't do it, and he acted on it, he said, they're going to catch you and torture you, that'll be a riot. They did catch him and torture him, but I don't know if that's a riot. One way or another, what the Psak is, we should never know from the Shailah. But this Chafetz Chaim, this Psak of Chaim, sounds similar, the Chilik is very obvious though. He says in the letter, the parents who asked me, I told them the following, the parents who didn't ask me, listen up. It's an Isser Gummer to hand them over to be put in school. He puts on the Pusik of giving Zara l'moylech, Avodah Zara, it's Kvira, says this in a letter, Ba'arichus, and he was, you could see how passionate he was about it, and he was worried, he lived through the Tchufa where we were losing six, seven million people, and he said if we 
If we would have fought them early on, people would have been lost, we would have been machlish the kaya hara, and we didn't do it. But he's talking to people in the trenches. So what are they doing? They're being asked to sign up. Baruch Hashem, I hope this is a simcha. We can... Uh, uh, sounds like a simcha. Okay, we'll close the windows. Che, uh, you want to get these done? Um, okay, Klaisel, we'll see. I'm making a simcha in Flappish. Safely. So... The Chavaz Chaim, thank you. The Chavaz Chaim says that there's an Isra Gummer to hand over the children. Let me get the back to one And he basically tells them in so many words that it's Yahar Valyavr. Why do I say that? Because in the letter he describes that he's well aware that the government said that anybody who's found keeping their children at home or teaching them in an underground cheder will be put in jail or sent to Siberia. It's basically a death sentence. So by telling them that you can't aid and abet and hand them over, he's basically saying it's Yehar Vayavr. We would say, good thing Chavaz Chaim is running Klai Yisrael, not us. We would say, well, what's that going to accomplish? If they get sent away to Siberia, so the next day the kids are going to be in the same public school. So now the parents aren't alive and the kids are still in public school. What have we accomplished? It's the same theme all over and over again. It's important to chazer over because we're so smart. And you take a poll and ask people, I'm talking about chashra uh, people, who are, you know, well, we all learn the yeshivas and we all think we have it down straight. So what, 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 that's not, what are you accomplishing? And let's assume we pass again. The kids aren't might agree with that. He's doing things to the kids. He said, you can hand them over as parents. As parents, you have to be mitzah nefesh to mechanach in the right way. Try to get away with it. Try to go on the ground. Maybe we'll save somebody. And if you get caught and sent to Siberia, then for you, it's Yahar Vayavar. But the fact that the kids will be taken the next day anyway, most people will say, what good is it? We're fighting City Hall. Fighting the com- go fight the communists. To be in power was unimaginable. Anybody would ever think that they would be out of power. So... We're all, uh, I think, you have to be very old. What was this, late 80s? All of a sudden, the whole thing fell apart. So when I tell people about the Chavaz Chaim's entire hashkafa on the communist takeover and what it did to the Yidin, how he kept telling Tamid that we have to go fight, and we have to go, he really wanted to go in and fight. He said, Rabbi, we can't fight, we don't have any, they're going to crush us in two minutes. He said, some people will get killed, and we're going to be machlish l'kayach. He was serious about it, they didn't do it. He was serious about it. And then he tells the parents, Run, hide them. Most of you will get caught. Some of you won't. But maybe they'll cancel the Gzeru. The Cantonist decrees, after many Karbonas were canceled, but only due to the Mishnayus Nefesh of many Gedelim of the time, as well as was involved, and others to leave no stone unturned. But we don't think like that. We say, look at the numbers and look at the, what's considered a Shtadlis. That's not a Shtadlis. They're going to send all the parents to Siberia, and then the kids will be in school. They won't have any parents, and then they're going to be... I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you on this far. The Chavaz Chaim said not so. And he was so passionate about it, he wrote it out in a long letter. We don't... We're just a question of realigning our thoughts. I'm not saying anything Allah Lamaisa has anything to do with anything now. It's a question of just the general stance of what's Nasa Vanishma is... We don't always have to understand, and it has to be mysterious nefesh. What the psak is in terms of shalos on the ground that Yataka have to ask the same rov, hopefully that paskins all your isakari shaylis and skila shaylis and shomabai shaylis and money shaylis. I've been 
hammering that message away. And I told the many people who call, I don't even know half of them who they are, I said, that doesn't have to be me, I'm busy enough. But you can't have a situation where on any given era where you're cooler shopping, home shopping, I follow the same people you follow for every other Shiloh, but understand that every single matzah requires a second look at every single din, which I think Klai Yisrael, by and large, did do well, understanding that, yes, there are dinam and yeridea, we have to look at again, can we do it, should we do it, what's safe, what's not safe, how safe it has to be. These are all the shilas of the time, but look at what Ovadja did, look at what the Chavetz Chaim is writing, and just look at the concept of Mesiris Nefesh, and Mesiris Nefesh might be, right now, despite the fact you want to walk out of your house, stay home. That's also fine. The question is, what is required when we try to figure it out is the Sutton showing apparitions of bodies and Sutton has, you see from here, tremendous amount of ammunition. But it's not completely unfair that you can't figure it out, but that would be complete shock and the Sutton has no right to do that. Still has to be examined, not for now. When Abramavin is going to do the arcade, the Sutton started up, the whole Sagan the Gemara. Did he say an outright lie? Did he not? How does that fit in over here? Can be worked in, but not for now. But Lamaisa, he's given a lot of ammunition, but it can't be a massive where nobody has the answer and there's no mahalach because he doesn't come looking to trip us up. He just wants us to have to, with our melis, figure out every single sugya in life. And every day and every morning is a new sugya. Everybody has the peckle and everybody has what they're working on. And the fact that somebody else got this answer, and uh, I remember 200 years ago somebody said this, Look at the Shefer Asher Bayam Mahem and try to figure it out, but the Shaila has to be asked honestly with the Bakasha Sa'emis. The second component, we don't have too much time, is what I mentioned before. How do you go from Nasavanishma and Kabbalah Satira, and they meant Nasavanishma? Kafalam Hakigigis is being, some of Farshim say, it was just the Nisim was so blinding that it was obvious they had to accept. Some say in Kafkan Hakigigis. And they saw it, they saw it, they understood it. How do you slip from there to a Chet Eagle in 40 days? So, Chaim Shalevitz has a very famous schmooze, which the, all the classic. Guys in the shul always fond of the fact. I quote the Sikhs Musser, like I do of Destler and any other great Rashiva, Bali Musser. I say, this is the classic. I said, it's not my fault they're all the classic. But this is really a classic. <laughs> this is the ABCs of everything we're talking about, and that is how to understand your enemy. Know thy enemy, know how the Yitzhahara capitalizes on a matzav, and his biggest weapon, which are used by Chaita with the apparition of Meshach Ben's body, is causing fear and bahala and then discord. There was a big machlekes in the machana. Levine weren't too happy what was going on. The air of Rav started getting violent. It was a mess. And Lamaisa. Chaim Shulevit says, what does it mean? Chazal tell us the Yitzhahara goes very carefully. And it doesn't tell you from person, go do a Vodazar tomorrow, because it won't work. First he tells you, talk a little davening, and then battle a little bit, and then uh, don't give stuck. And then slowly, slowly, and then, all of a sudden, five months later, you're doing a Vodazar. doesn't happen overnight, because it won't work. Chaim Shulevit says, but here it happened overnight. So how did he get away with this? He says, the answer is that since they were in this Bahala, because they thought they were leaderless, and the Sutton had convinced them that Moshe Rabbeinu was no longer alive, 
there was such fear and such bahala. They said, uh, we don't need a Avodah not Avodah. We need a rep. And we can't talk straight to Akash Baruch Hu. That sounds good on paper again. It's frightening how all this sounds good. You need a representative and just a conduit. The way the Mepharshim explained how they did it, it was still a Chiyaskila. Still a Chiyamisa. So why they held accountable for this mistake in Lundus? If the Lundus is good, if I can over-explain it on paper and explain they didn't really mean it was what they just saw it in the Merkava and they saw the Gili Shechina, sounds very good. And this is just a symbol, and we have uh, lions on the Aaron. Do we? Um, okay, some have. It's an old Shiloh. But uh, we have all sorts of symbols. We have Kruvim in the Besamitish, the Kashyadashim. No. So they made a mistake. So that wasn't the mistake. The mistake was, again, they didn't ask an honor Shiloh. The committee came and they said, This is it, and Aaron, either you're with us or you're not here. That's not asking a Shiloh. And that was only done. You didn't tzaddikim be That was only done because of Bahala. And Chaim Shalevitz goes to give a few brief examples in history, very monumentous uh, decisions made in history that changed the course of history. And the only way it happened, the Averis is so humble, is because of the Bahala. And he starts, of course, with the first Avera, or, well, the second. First one was the Eitz That was complicated also. And that wasn't only on Bahala. That was really alumnus. Lumdus is wrong, it was tried to Magdal, we won't go into that now, because there are hundreds of farm written on this Shaila. he was trying to be Magdal the Nisayan. That was on his Madrega. Cain killed Hevel. How do you have a murder in the first few days of the history of the world? For what? Murder usually happens because of taiva, money, kina. So what was this all about? Taiva, money, kina. The world is pretty big. The answer is, nothing's ever big. Yesh, Lamana wrote some sign. We're talking about Bala Madrega, Kayin, Nuwakash Bachel, Toktakash Bachel. So this is not, uh, not because he was a Kal Chasashalon, it's because he was so Chashav and knew he should know one Yisoyed, whenever you feel for tumult, the Bahala, don't make any decision. Because otherwise, you're just going to do something, and later on, when Hashem said, I'm giving you a Pesach. Where's your brother? I gave him Pesach for Tshuva. He sort of like denied it. That means he held what he did was right and his brother was really not nice and showing him up in his carbon and whatever cheshman he had. But that was all Ahramites that the decision was made by Bahala. And that created the first matzav of a murder. He says similarly, that recently, the Makalo, the Mavarach Hashem, you lose it in terror. Nobody likes losing it in terror. So there's a lot of the rice that occurs to die, and that's a terrible thing to do. Mavaza Tamachacham. You have to makal Hashem. What got into him? The answer is Bahala. It wasn't just the money. He felt he was an outsider and he couldn't pitch his tents. He's a nobody. Where does he go? And he had Bahala. There was an answer. So go back in and say, I need some chizik, Mesh Can you help me? What do I do? I feel like a lost soul. Mesh would have given him the time to point to somebody to take the case and think of a solution. But as we'd say, he flew off the handle. The Giduf came from Bahala. The example, Nagayatin Yanenu, Rusan Arpa. So, this is the most famous part of the Shmuz. Arpa was really holding very high Bala's Madrega. We know that because the same conversation was had with Nami, Arpa was having. And she said, We're going, we're going, coming with you, and we feel it's right, and we're going to come to Klai, so we're going to be Magyar. And she pushed back, as you should, with a potential gear. And at the last moment, Nami said, Okay. And she gave her a sincere kiss and sincere tears. She had four deris of giberm from that, even though that doesn't seem to bode well for the Elam Haba aspect. 
But the part that Chaim Shalavitz is worried about is that night, she went off a Derech Sogavel, did every error in the book. Why? You're holding by me, my guys, so keep this eye on mitzvahs. It should take a few months, you move back. Why the sudden drop? The answer is Mahala. When she realized after she turned around that she was down the road, she realized that might have been the silliest thing I ever did in my life, and I missed a golden opportunity, and now Rus is going back, and I'm going to lose out in everything. So there's a question which should be bothering us, which we should think about of Shavuos. When she realized that, Chaim Shalab is saying, it's Bahala. And that caused her to say, I blew it, so I might as well blow it more, me drink and be merry. Why don't you turn around? The long road, not too much traffic, going back to Israel. So she was a kilometer down, two kilometers down. Why don't you turn around? She realized it was a mistake. That triggered the Bahala. The answer is, the other part of our human condition is Busha. You've got to admit you're wrong. You've got to come back. She wanted to save face. She says, I'm not going back there. We'll, we'll figure it out. But the time she was way back home, she realized that she made the biggest incorrect decision of her life and she couldn't live with herself. Our job, and we'll end with this because we're trying to have Mayor get home to the Chasna Kala in a timely fashion. So we'll pick it up um, when we hear Mitzvah Thanksgiving or in Yushalayim, better yet, in Thanksgiving with a full Elam. There are things we do, and we can't be expected to do everything right. Hashem, Rahman Litzlan, only has the taina when we're not doing everything we can with the kalim he's giving us, because he wants to give us more kalim and more brocha. It's a school for whatever you have. You get more of it if you do the right things with it. And coming over here when you can get up to here is great, but Kirish was taking the task, and Elimelech was taking the task, and we have many in between, and there were tzaddikim who were not, like Avaja and the did everything they could possibly do and then some. The second part, and this is the most dangerous, is the bahalo that sets in when either you don't know what to do and you don't feel you should be asking because nobody knows the answer. Well, that's not true. Somebody knows the answer, and if nobody's completely sure, whatever the answer you're getting is based on the klolem, stuff like the rest of the chumrah, and whatever the klolem are, la'alman yisrael. And if Shalom, a person makes a mistake and they didn't ask and they should have, now they realize they need Hadracha, the next biggest thing is do you turn around and go back on that long road alone and run back and say, I made a terrible mistake. Can you still take me in? Can I still accomplish? Can I still do? And often the Yitzhahara says, no, 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 you made a mistake already. You blew it. Your history, you're gone. And let somebody else do it. You're obviously not fit, which is not true. If you're alive and you're breathing and you have anything to offer, which everybody does, even if things were not done so well until now and the process wasn't uh, tweaked properly, what Hashem wants from us is to get up, brush ourselves off, turn around, and run back and hop whatever we can. And the notion in the mind of Nasav and Ishma is that we don't have to fully understand, we have to try to use our head and try to focus so we can formulate the questions and understand that Kosh Baruch Hu wants us to succeed and he wants to give us a siyat yet to have the right mahalach. We have to get the ego out of the way, we have to get the kinah out of the way, we have to get the yish out of the way, we have to realize that not only can we accomplish so much more, but you can help so many other people do that. Yachid by yachid, neighbor by neighbor, friend by friend, and we shnemitz Hashem Next time we're together to be mechazik each other in one room, and until then, be mechazik each other whenever way we can, reaching out to the people who need the chizik, reaching out to the people 
who want it but are afraid to ask, and reaching out to the people who feel they've made mistakes but are too embarrassed to come forth and let them know, okay, you made a mistake. Let's focus on Dashkafa, let's work on Bitachon, let's work on Amuna, let's work on Amunas Chachamim, let's work on what a Baruch Hu wants us to work on. Everything is fixable. And it's Hashem, we should be zeichet to fix it, make the tikkun within our communities, and come back and be zeichet to our Bes Medrash, to our shuls, and ultimately to the Binyan uh, Abayas, which is the shul and the makom we need for the Ashras Hashrina. Have a wonderful Yantif.